suppose we can. Um, yeah, don't have much other goss because it's been so only a few hours just, since we recorded, really. So recently that we talked, I mean, uh, really, you know, we're, you're, you're up to date on everything going on in my life. I am. Uh, that's about it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast featuring me, of course, uh, big star, the main star, and then, of course, with my uh, faithful sidekick, uh, the man uh, who, who, you know, really just went, he's just a voice. He's just the, in, he introduces us, except I'm introducing us. So really, I didn't mean that at all. But actually, it's Tony. Tony, welcome back. I like to think of myself as the Alex Horn to your Greg Davies. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> yeah, are, you, are you kidding me? You're like big into like, British weird humour. You've never watched Taskmaster? No, I have not seen that. Oh, you've got to watch some Taskmaster. I know I recommended it on on another show. I actually think you would enjoy it. I, I think Brian would no. hate watch it, but I think you would actually enjoy it. It's a bunch of five British comedians solving problems. That's as complex as it gets, except the hosts are really good and super dry. I did start going through that Kunk on Earth. I don't know if you watched that. I Tony. love that. That's, that's yep. hilarious. Yeah, that's yep. really funny. Um, that I, I I could not believe that our friend Brian actually turned me on to that because what? it doesn't seem like something he would like. No, it did not strike me as being something he would like, right? Yeah. that's. I know you had mentioned it to me too, but I... I um, I, I was shocked because it feels it has it's a little more mainstream than like Tim and Eric is, but it still has some of that like silliness to it, right? Just like sort of off the wall nature of it. Yeah, I always think of it more like Ali G meets yeah a little bit of Tim sure. and Eric, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, that's a little bit of that. They're like a Borat type thing. Yeah, same idea where it's yeah. like a kind of you know a, a bumbling fool sort of meandering through. <laughs> something that's to someone else important. You're like, what? Um, but yeah, I, I really, I have been enjoying that. And I like some other British shows, although I've recently found out that I can't, that the IT crowd is now oh. a show that is c- colored by the lunatic, uh, that, yep. um, Grant, Graham Linehan Lima. feller. Although I do find that, sh- I found that show uh, very funny uh, yeah. when I was able to watch it. And, and this is the thing, and this is something that we have to grapple with, with, Anybody we like, um, really. Yep. How much do you take away from their work, even if their work has no problems with it, when they're a problematic individual? Right. And he's a seriously problem problematic mm-hmm. person. Like everybody goes off about J.K. Rowling, but she gets her belief um, from Glimmer, and yeah, she it, ripped she ripped him off. Yeah. Well, she didn't rip him off. They they work in the same circles. Um, right. Right. He. T- he seems to be more of a leading light in the whole thing and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, really awful person. And can you separate it from the show? I'm guessing he can with a show like that. be different if he was the lead star, like if it's a Ricky Gervais vehicle where he was 
um, sure. sort of the pivotal character. I think that's much harder to to get your head around. And stuff that just isn't as current. Like I can't watch any John Cleese stuff, okay? He's not as problematic as that. But he's like a bit of a dick in real life. Yeah. Um, and he's just not funny enough to get through it. On the other hand, I still watch Jeremy Clarkson, a huge fucking dick, but his shit's mm. entertaining. Now, um, but yeah, it's like if, I mean, it's the Woody Allen thing, right? So you're like, all right, well, I don't know if I can handle looking at Woody Allen on TV yeah. anymore, you know, <laughs> despite knowing that Annie Hall is a, is a fine film on its own accord, you know, you're like, well, he did uh, marry his uh, daughter. So <laughs> yeah, you do have to, okay. And you're looking at the guy on the screen, right? Yep. When you watch IT Crowd, you you could you could never know you would never necessarily know that that's a a Linehan joint if you didn't already know. But other um, than one episode, which they refused to air, and he has gone after the them for that. Which um, is he in it? No, he's not in it. But there's some transphobic oh. language in one of the episodes, oh. and of course, oh, I've seen that one, Tony. I think yeah. that's the one with the uh, yeah. I've seen that one, um, and Matt Berry is like interviewing the. Uh, the uh, the trans lady uh, in the in the show, yeah, yep, and uh, BBC or ITV, I forget which one actually did that. Um, it refuses to play that episode and has taken it out of the DVD box sets. And of course, yeah. he's super upset about it. It's and probably not on the Netflix uh, collection anymore either. I would assume, no, yeah. definitely not. And um, there's an like I, I'm sure um, Matt Barry loves him. Matt Barry's probably thank God. <laughs> I really don't want to get yeah. lumped in with this. Yeah, yeah. What happens to all the actors and stuff that have sort of made their name through that that have no association with the guy other than he wrote a few words down on a page? It'd... Well, the one guy was in a Will Ferrell movie, right? The Irish guy, um, Roy, uh, whatever his name is. Um, and Richard Ayoade has been in a bunch of stuff. He's he's been in all kinds of comedy stuff. Like yep. he's yeah, yeah. And Noel, Noel Fielding oh. is on a Great British Baking Show for the last ninety five uh, years. You know, de- decade. Yeah, right. Um, all right, I got to watch the other one of that too. All right, so yep. yeah, I'm, I'll get up. I got to get up on my British TV. I guess I'm. I'm all I'm watching is Love Island over a VPN. Uh, that's about it, yeah. Well, I'm going to make a specific recommendation for you, and I don't know what series it is, but look it up because it's easy to look up. You want to look up the series of Taskmaster with Noel Fielding mm-hmm. in it because oh, yeah. it's got Noel and it's got um, not Sue Perkins, um, the other one that used to be um, the host oh, yeah. of um, Great British Bake Off before Noel and his crew took it over, Sandy and Matt. Um it was Mel, right? Yeah, Mel. So it was Noel and Mel on the Taskmaster panel and it was at the time that Mel had been fired and Noel hadn't been announced. Noel had signed <laughs> for the gig. So they're like in between each other, yeah. They're right beside each other and it, it's it's funny because they're both really good friends with one another and it ended up being that Noel told Mel that... Um, that he'd got the job, but, um, yeah, it's strange to see the interaction. <laughs> and it, it would have been good to see them on, on Bake Off together. I know it, to have Mel and Sue split up because they've worked their entire career together would be um, weird, but, um, yeah, yeah, 
it would have been good to see. Oh, there's one. There's a series on Netflix. I think it's a three episode. You know how the British do that, like a three episode miniseries. Paul Hollywood's a big one for this. Um, and yeah, or he's like driving around or whatever. Yeah, one of those. I saw that, yeah. Um, Sue Perkins from um, former Great British Bake Off does one, and it's about death defying stuff or uncomfortable okay. stuff. And it's really, really fun. Definitely worth a look if All you're right. looking for something on Netflix to check out. All right. I like I like her. I think she's funny. Um, all right, Tony. I, I did want to just at the top here um, uh, say that we are going to – now, we haven't scheduled this yet, but coming up, we're going to – I think we're going to attempt to do our bracket contest in March this year. Which um, is weird. Which is weird. So I would say – um, you know, we still have to get our schedules together, but we're hoping that that first, maybe second week in March, the ninth or so, yep. uh, we're actually going to have our March Madness game actually starting. Everybody's excited. So if you have suggestions about what we should do, we've had a couple successful games recently lately, Tony, that I think I'm, I'm tossing around in my head as the way we do it this year. Well, I, I enjoyed the cities thing um that one's a lot of work to do though so i'm not sure i could do that we'd have to kind of shrink it a little bit and um i've also uh, been thinking maybe we do more of a uh, a full uh, instead of having specific beers which are quite hard to normalize ratings of um we do full breweries Uh, we could have we could have a tournament um of untapped untrapped brewery ratings and and which which i think has some opportunity but if you have suggestions about a post in our discord and let us know that has a but chance yeah, for more variance as well. Like certain beer styles, they fall in very narrow ranges. But breweries, you never know who's producing just top quality stuff or or who specialises in something but put out a ton of other stuff that really drags their score down. Um, I think exactly. that's really interesting and, and a little bit harder to actually guess. Yeah, I think so. And, and not to mention you could do some um, – we could actually use regions. <laughs> you could <laughs> yes. actually have a regional component, we could. Um, which is actually good. So if you guys have ideas, post in our Discord. If you're not on the Discord, get on the Discord. Send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. Or draw, you know, click, click on the link on our website. It's so easy now to get on our Discord. You just click on the website. All right, Tony, it's the billment everyone's been waiting for. Um, we're gonna have, we have a new segment on the show, no music. Uh, but we're going to be doing this for the next few weeks, if I remember to do it. Um, we are going to be doing a, a, the cla- a classic, uh, you know, not replacing our NBA uh, discussion. We'll be doing that, too. But once a week, we're going to do uh, some XFL recap. Griff's XFL recap is going to be a segment uh, that we're going to do uh, each and every week. Now, I would like to say that... Uh, uh, while I am one of the foremost foremost experts on the XFL, I have not watched any of the games. So uh, my recap is going to be pretty straightforward. So is this um, going to be like, I don't know whether you remember back in the day, it was probably different for you, but when you would pick up a newspaper, that was the only way, you probably had sports channels, that we would get NBA results and you would look right. in the back and all you would see were the numbers and then once a week you would get the the standings, and that was all the information you ever got. Um, come finals time, well, come playoffs time, you occasionally got who scored what points. You never got rebounds or assists, but that's all we ever got, and that's how you had to follow it. Other than the one one game a week that you got televised. So here's a couple things we have to know about the XFL. First of all, 
Okay. Uh, here's how here's how important it is. Uh, ESPN does have the scores, so it's that Ooh. level of important. Okay. But they don't have any box scores or statistics. <laughs> now, okay. I'd also like to say that this segment is going to have some challenges because um, I did go to the XFL website for the with the idea of, you know what, they might have some stats. You can kind of say like, oh, uh, A.J. McCarron, three for 340 yards or something. No. Uh, the XFL website does not have a, a tab on the – this may be a, a misstep on their part – there is nothing in their navigation bar or anything where you can go to see the scores of the games. <laughs> you cannot look, go to the XFL website. I'm telling you, you have to go to the XFL website, people. You cannot find out the scores of the games from the XFL website. You no idea. You have no clue what happened last week. You'd have to go to XFL Rewind week one and scroll through the blog where they recap every quarter of every game narratively. It is the longest page ever. You can scroll on this forever. Um, how many words is this? Let's just <laughs> look. Here's my first statistic of the day. How many words in the XFL Rewind? Um, let's go. Uh, uh, we got, what do we got here? Uh, it's six, it takes up 16 pages on Microsoft Word. Uh, if you just put in the whole, the whole thing, uh, it's it's insane. Um, tools word then, count. This like there's six 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 thousand word recap of the four games they played. <laughs> Was Josh so Lewis getting your, paid by the word? For fuck's sake! This is Dickensian. Um, but anyways, here's what happened. Uh, sadly, the Vegas Vipers uh, are are back, uh, but they gave up their um, gave it gave it up in the end. They were up fourteen to three at halftime, apparently, according to the uh, scores, <laughs> and um, ended up losing twenty two to twenty to Arlington at Ch- the famous Choctaw Stadium. Uh, they come home next week to play in the ten thousand seat uh, Cashman Field. Um, now. Alongside of that, one of the headlines that came out of this was that attendance was down by 20% from the end of the last XFL season. Um, and the average attendance and even the and the lowest attendance were all bigger than the actual stadium in Vegas. So <laughs> I, I think that's my, you know, that having the little stadium is probably not going to help them from an attendance numbers standpoint. Um, after that, you had the... The Roughnecks, the Houston Roughnecks, uh, uh, beat up on the the Guardians. Now, where are they from, even? The Galaxy. Uh, they're, oh, yeah, that's right. They're from the, the Galaxy. Um, the Guardians are from uh, Orlando County. Of course. And uh, that was a that was a that was a tough one for them. Thirty three to twelve for Houston. So Houston, Dallas, the. You had two Texas teams win. We had a Texas team lose on Sunday, though, because St. Louis is back, and they scored 15 points in the fourth to beat the San Antonio Brahmas. Oh, it's an unusual name for sure. Uh, 18 to 15 at the Alamo Dome. Uh, whew, what a game. And then um, the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons did drop their first to the D.C. Defenders 22 to 18 gang so you know it's a tough start for vegas uh and a tough you know and your texas teams are doing pretty well minus san antonio and 
you know, we're just going to keep an eye on this. My betting tip would be, uh, I don't know, um, the over on words for the recap. That would be my betting tip for the XFL. <laughs> Make sure you go over. We want to go over 6,000 words on the recap uh, of the XFL games. And God bless the person who reads all of this. Uh, and XFL, my advice would be put the scores of the games uh, on your website. That'd yes, I did check out the website, and you're absolutely right. Um, but it brought up an interesting topic for me. What sports town has the most disconnected names, either from one and other or from where they're located? And the Utah one sticks out. Of I mean, course, with the Jazz. Yeah. You could say the Lakers, too, because the Lakers were named after that because of Minnesota being the land of 10,000 lakes. That's that said, true. there are lakes in California, too. So, really, you know, and you can make an argument that that's okay. But what about the Clippers? That that kind of fits in with the Lakers, the Clippers. There's a nautical theme there, I suppose, and they're on the coast. Sure. But I was where, thinking, the Clippers, where are the Clippers from originally? They're, aren't they like they, Kansas San Diego, City right? Or, or, yeah, I think you might be right. It might be San Diego. Um, I know they yeah. moved around a bit before they were put in LA. But I wasn't just thinking NBA teams. I was thinking mixing it with uh, basketball and football and hockey because Orlando's up there with like disconnected names um, with their with their sports teams. Like the Magic is a nonsense. It is, a, it is a nonsense name, but I think it was. I, I do think it was theme park related. I think they had some sort of Disney. Really, um, the Amway family had a for coming, for coming up with that name. Are they always been down there? Has that always been DeVos owned? I'm sure it's the team been started. Owned. It oh. very well might be. I would have uh, thought they would have been into magic. It would be funny for the XFL to have a team that they just made up the name of. I, I really don't understand Brahmas. It, I, I, to be fair, I'm not familiar with the cultural, a lot of the cultural elements of San Antonio. I, I, I know that there's a, you know, yep. the Alamo there. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. Um, and you can eat, um, you can walk on a river walk that kind of smells bad. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I don't, maybe, that, maybe that has something to do with something. I don't know. Yep. Uh, I, you know, Utah's the one always that I think of, yeah, like I, like I was that. saying, it's hard for me to, hard for me to get over that one. Uh, there's some good ones too in hockey. Carolina Hurricanes was a good one, like a new team Ooh. that had a, that was an appropriate name. Yep. Um, I, I, Atlanta had a team for a while called the Thrashers and I think the disconnect there wasn't the name. It was that they shouldn't have had a team. <laughs> uh, it was too weird. Uh, the Dallas Stars is still weird to me because that team came from Minnesota and they were called the North Stars, which uh, was made a lot of sense. Yep. But then they went to Dallas and just became the Stars, and that's whatever. Yeah, but that, sure. that makes sense because like Lone Star, it, Lone yeah, Star, right? yeah, yeah. Um, no, nah, I don't know. Yeah, I I think most of the other ones generally check out. Um, yep. But I don't know. It's usually the teams that move. It's it's usually some team that unless that moves around a lot. Yeah, uh, like Memphis Grizzlies doesn't fit, I suppose, when you think about it. It did for Vancouver. <laughs> that, is, that is a good point. Yeah, that really has nothing to do with anything. Um, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, at least uh, if um, they had kept the if they had stayed the Sonics, I think Oklahoma City would be weird. Yeah, <laughs> but they went with the Thunder, which works as well. Yeah, they, it was smart. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, now, if you got an idea on that, I don't know. Are there any in, in AFL or anything? That are, you guys don't really have nicknames, though, right? Well, we do have nicknames, but they're kind of nondescript, and, and they right. came up like a million years ago, or they're, they're new. Like, it's the new teams that really have no connection. It's like the Gold Coast Suns, um, which is like, fair enough, it works for an American sports team, but for an AFL team where you tend to have like a mascot where there's like the magpies or the saints where you can mm. have sort of a mascot to gather around, you have to come up with a separate one like a gorilla like Phoenix do. But um, for Aussie rules, um, the Suns doesn't work. The Giants does work. That's one of the new teams. Um yeah, and, and other places are actually named after what they're famous for, like Fremantle um, and named mm. the Dockers because that's a big or used to be a big um, area where the cargo ships pulled in, where the Dockers worked. Yeah. So they just Makes became sense. the 3O Dockers. This is, you know, it's it's um, it's funny. There's uh, That's the same. I mean, soccer is the same way, right? It's uh, in, in English football especially. Now here we have the na- team names. Like a lot of them do, anyways. Now they're they're starting to like get rid of that. Yep. It feels like like all the new teams in the MLS now are like St. Louis City SC or whatever it is, and um, but there's still a few that are like the 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 earthquakes or whatever, you know. <laughs> and you're like, what? I don't really understand. But um, anyways, that was the XFL update. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Uh, uh, more detail, more of the, the hot news, uh, the hot goss wandering around the XFL, and also an updated word count on the uh, uh, on the length of the recap for the week. <laughs> and we'll also let you know if the XFL puts the scores on their website by then. So stay tuned for the weekly XFL recap. Tony, why don't we talk about a sport we actually like, basketball. Yep. I know you had a great time this week because it was the All Star Game. One of your fit, you you seem like somebody who loves All Star Games. Just the the sort of slow paced, high scoring, nothing uh, hundred eighty some points. Yep, betting betting that betting that total and still somehow losing because it was probably what four hundred or something. <laughs> um, but. Uh, did, do you just ignore? You just check out this week, or what? I do. I, I think of it as a complete week off. There's, there's nothing that actually excites me. The dunk contest excited me when I was twelve, but ever since Spud Webb has finished, who really gives a fuck? Um, three point contest means nothing. There's better shooting in a game. It um, since Craig Hodges is one who really gives a fuck. Um, and the game itself, doing it right. I mean, yeah, they've had to rejig the rookie um, sophomore game to like get a field together. Um, I think the picking of teams is kind of fun, but I don't watch the game. I don't even know who was on what team, but it's pointless. Um, it's less pointless than the Pro Bowl, but that's about the only compliment I can give it. Well, here's here's the good thing about the uh, NBA All Star um, Week is the sponsorships. I think all of the sponsor things are hilarious. The celebrity game this year, I believe, was sponsored by Ruffles uh, <laughs> chips, the potato chips, um, and so DK DK Metcalf, who I believe is a football player, uh, won the All Star Ruffles All Star Celebrity MVP award. And I don't know if you looked at the court that they were playing on for the Not. celebrity game, but there's a there's the there's a three point line, you know, a normal three point line, and there is a ruffles line. 
So um, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna try my best to just I'm just gonna snip a picture out of this. Oh hell, you can just look at it if I just paste the website into our chat. But um, there's a there's a ruffled oh, I see it. Yep. fucking line on the, on the end of the thing. It's really funny. Uh, I also enjoyed the Damian, Damian Lillard winning the 2023 Starry three-point contest. Tony, have you heard of Starry? No, yet? are they are you uh, familiar crypto, with crypto thing? Mm-mm. Starry is, they have a limit. Sierra Mist has been uh, put to the, uh, gone the way of the dodo, as it were. Sierra Mist has been put to the guillotine. It is gone. And oh. uh, the Coca-Cola company, um, I believe that's who makes who made Sierra Mist, um, has released a new version of a lemon-lime pop, and it's called Starry. And I believe it was marketed as the pop for Gen Z or something. <laughs> Gener- Generation Z loves Starry or whatever. Uh, everybody says it's pretty bad. It tastes like extra sweet Sprite. Um, so who wants that? I don't know. Sprite's plenty, plenty sweet. But um, anyways, that was nice because Damian Lillard won it, and he's a, like a star, which is cool. Um, yeah. You like when somebody who's like a good player wins one of these things. Also, I did laugh, and maybe you've watched. I haven't watched enough Knicks yet, but Julius Randle was in the three-point contest. That was really funny to me. <laughs> They've got to get one, that one like oh, fish out of water, me, set shot shooting three-point specialist. And, like, Julius Randle probably puts up three threes a game, but they've got to get one guy that, um, yeah, that, that is a fish out of water in that contest to, to see if he can beat somebody. But uh, the, big, the big story from the, pre, um, the, the, the pre-game, I guess, events, the weekend events, was the, uh, the slam dunk contest won by Max, Mac McClung, sorry, Mac McClung, who was a very well-known college player when he was playing at yeah. uh, Georgetown and at Texas A&M. I think Texas Tech. I think Texas no, Tech. No. Um, and uh, I guess not that well-known. Huh? And he won the AT&T slam dunk title. Thank you, AT&T. Um, he was pretty good. That was like half entertaining. I was watching it over at Craft House. Uh, he was by far the best part of it. Uh, the people in it were not famous. I mean, Kenyon Martin Jr., who is famous for having a famous dad. Yep. Uh, Mac McClung has played in two NBA games. <laughs> he scored as many points in this dunk contest as he has in his two NBA games ever. Because he, he successfully completed four dunks, eight points, and that's all he has in his career. Uh, Trey Murphy, who, whatever, fine, and Jericho Sims. I don't barely know who that is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pretty pretty good. They let Carl. Now, the other bad thing with this one, too, Wait, Tony, they let Carl Malone judge it. This is this is, plays into our next segment. So, unless you've got something. Oh, oh, Carl Malone. <laughs> no, I got nothing other than Carl Malone's a creep. But uh, Tony, let's let's hear what you got on Carl Malone. Well, this is going to be a recurring segment on the show, and it's going to be called. <laughs> We're doing nothing but segments now. It's all segments. Well, yeah, that's what shows are. They are nothing but segments. Right, that's right. There's that's an right. A block, a B block, and a Z block. Everybody knows this. That's right. Okay, so we're going to be doing this segment on a semi-regular basis. Not going to be all the time, but I think there's plenty of um, plenty there to be mined, and it's called NBA, Who's the Worst? And Cal <laughs> Malone plays a pivotal role in this game this week. Out of the pairing... 
of Stockton and Malone, who is the worst human being. Now, oh, this is a game we have to play now. Yes, <laughs> it's a debate we have to have with one another, which we may be in full agreement. It may not be a debate. I think this one's pretty cut and dried, but I'll I'll try and take the other side for a split second. Um, yeah, who is the worst between John Stockton and Carl Malone? Of course, famous um, team that never actually achieved anything in the NBA Finals because Jordan always managed to uh, overcome them, even when he was hungover from playing craps at the casino. Um, yeah, Michael was um, Michael really only. I mean, I don't know. He did a lot more damage to to his own image than anyone else's. But yeah, you know, that's fine. Yeah, but okay. So yeah, gambling. Sure. Well, well, let's go on with Carl Malone. Yeah, and, uh, let's not get sidetracked up into Michael. Right Michael's right fine now. by the yeah. these guys' standards. Yeah, he's he's by these standards. Good lord. Let's let's start with John Stockton because you people that might have been living under a rock don't know about Carl Malone. Um, of course, um, white guy in Utah. One, that's problematic. Um, two. I uh, came from <laughs> okay, well, Gonzaga. That, I mean, yeah. White guy from Gonzaga. Huge problem. Um, three, huge conspiracy guy and big into COVID right. denial and flout of the rules at the peak of COVID. Um, shithead of a human being. Am I right, Griff? Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I um, I think we talked about it on the show yep. that he uh, he had said that thousands of athletes have died from the vaccine. <laughs> Something along those lines. Yes, he did. Um, yep, uh, which is very funny. So he he's he's full on lunatic, and absolutely, also absolutely point, a dangerous uh, freak. Yeah. Point four. He loved wearing short shorts. Terrible thing. I've only got really got one True. one thing for Carl Malone. Well, there's a couple. Deadbeat dad, mm-hmm. and likes to fuck twelve year olds. Yeah, that one, that's that's maybe where I, um, boy, having to pick one of these, that, that strikes me as probably worse, right? Uh, I'm going to say that him have fathering children with a 13-year-old um, is may, when he was 20 and in college is maybe not too, too good. Um, well, I'm just going to so, try and go yeah. from the other side. Do you think... John Stockton's actions actually ended up killing people. Maybe not his individual actions, but his stance and his public stance stopped people from getting the vaccine. Maybe it was the tipping point for them and stopped them getting the vaccine and they died. Yeah, any of these guys, yep. Uh, I would argue that maybe Carl Malone probably has the same beliefs. Uh, It seems like he is on the board of directors for the NRA uh, and he was, oh, he donated $4,000 to the elect, re-election campaign of George W. Bush. I guess no Trump stuff on here. Um, he has appeared on Hannity. You got that of course. for him. So I would say both of these guys are uh, dangerous freaks. Now, Stockton's maybe gone off a little farther off the deep end, but, um, boy, it's hard to get over the fucked a 12-year-old and yeah. had a baby with it. Well, I, I am going not, to come back to that, and good. I think you're on the right side of this argument, um, purely because it came down to me, who would you rather hang out with, John Stockton, huge conspiracy nut, or 
a child predator. Who would I rather hang out with? I think I'm just, I think I'm turning the gun on myself at that point, yeah. Well, that's not really an option. We're <laughs> anti-gun folk at this. Even though Carl's a big gun guy, you've at the end of the day, you've got to pick one. Who's worse? It's like, who's worse? Jeffrey Darling. All right, I'm going for, I'm, you know what, I'll, I'll, I, li- I live in Vegas anyways. I'll stick it out and hang out with Carl Malone for for an hour <laughs> because, or not, no, sorry, John Stockton, because it's like, I can tolerate that, right? Yep. Uh, I, I already live around these guys. Yes, you there's do. All, there's all kinds of nut jobs, you know, it's yep. fine. I can, I can listen to him go on for a while and be like, well, you know, it was uh, cool when the Bulls whipped your ass two years in a row. All right, well, I got to go now, you know. But the, the, the Carl Malone making googly eyes at the, at the kid sitting in the booth across from us is maybe giving me creeps a little bit too much. So <laughs> I'm just going to, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet and deal with, with John Stockton before I go, ha- go out to the roller skating rink with Carl Malone or something. Yep. So that's NBA, who's the worst? There are plenty of characters left <laughs> like in the it. NBA. Keith Bogans is going to show up on mine, that's for sure. Keith Bogans? I hadn't thought about him in a while. What did he do? <laughs> I think Jeez, it was now him. I'm looking up what Keith Bogans was up to. I think it was him. I remember him defraud- playing for the Bulls recently. Defrauded the oh, health jeez. Oh, God. It okay. might not have been him. It might have been... <laughs> Who knows? We'll, we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah, uh, Tony. Uh, one more thing here. Uh, Want to do a little fast food? We love to talk about fast food here. Oh yeah. Um, so I think I mentioned a while back that uh, I'm going to Brazil. Uh, if you guys have beer tips or food tips for Brazil, I don't know. Post in the Discord. I would love that. Um, but I got excited because I was like, you know what? I'm going to see. I, I always I like the idea of figuring out what's on the menu at the uh, various regionally or a international McDonald's. Yep. And so I pulled up the Brazil one because I'm like, you know what? What are we? What am I going to get at McDonald's Brazil? I'm sure there's going to be a meal where I'm going to be like panicking, looking for something. McDonald's might just be like easy. I can get it. So uh, why don't we look through this? Uh, we're going to look through the Brazil McDonald's menu. I can send it to you, Tony. Don't worry. Okay. Um, while you're sending that to me, I have to make an ap- apology wholeheartedly to Keith Bogans. Not to come. It wasn't Keith Bogans. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was Keon Dooling. I apologize. <laughs> Easy I was like, I to mix Keith, those two up. Keith Bogans played for the 2011 Bulls and could not, for the life of him, make a make a shot. Yeah, he was a good defensive player, but Lord help him, he couldn't shoot. Um, Tony, the things I want to point out here, and we can focus on the stuff that's the new stuff. So, if you go to the new releases area here at the top, um, there is a, we got some, some McFlurry, tr- truffle McFlurries. How do I put this into like English? Truffle. Do you, do you not have translate on your Chrome? I'm not on click. Chrome. That's, little... that's so um, heavy on, just tell me roughly where it is on the page. It's uh, if you go to the, on the left side, there's a picture of a McFlurry. Uh, and yep. Charlie says something in Portuguese. Just click on that okay. at the top. Yep. And you can see there's these there's these McFlurries covered in candy, and they look delicious. Uh, you got one that's uh, chocolate, one that's strawberry, one that's caramel. Now that sounds good to me. I do. Uh, you can see below those there's a couple chicken sandwiches. The one on the right looks a little insane. The McCrispy chicken and bacon melt. Yeah, uh, that, that's like super melty cheese that I've never seen at McDonald's. Ever 
That, that looks intense to me. Yeah. Now, if you go down to the one with the big hang Mac, on, hang on, the, 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 sorry, the, I just my on the Alexa. left on the left nav. Hang on, Griff. I've just got to shut my Alexa yes. up. Alexa, shut the fuck up. You got, <laughs> you got Alexa going off. Yeah. She Alexa, she wanted to know if I was McDonald's. shopping for something. Um, if you go down on that left nav to the uh, picture of the Big Mac, this is where I really want to yep. focus your attention, and maybe people will. Remember this stuff. So there's some good stuff on here. Um, there's something called the Magnifico bacon. Um, but if you go to the second row there, Tony, yep. there are pictures of two hamburgers with very melty cheese on them and yep. onions. I'll, I'll give you the and, uh, Portuguese version. Um, there's the Cheddar McMelt, which is Portuguese yep. name. And then there's yep. the Duplo Cheddar McMelt. Yeah, I'm going to say that's the double. Um, now, the Cheddar McMelt, it was not called this here, but this was a sandwich, and, and really? you click into it. And this was a sandwich that was here in the States. We used to get this. Uh, we used to have this, uh, and it was my favorite McDonald's hamburger when I was, like, nine. I can uh, imagine I a nine-year-old loving this, but I can't imagine you as a nine-year-old loving this. That's the issue. Oh, I love this thing because um, I love cheddar cheese. The sauce, I think, was maybe a little less goopy at the time, but also they might be styling it different now. Um, but it's on dark, like, pumpernickel, like a dark yep. roll. It's like a dark rye roll. And then there's got all these grilled onions on it, and it's got this melty cheddar sauce. This thing is so good, and I am going to eat it when I go to Brazil. <laughs> I am getting one. It's going to make me feel horrible because I'm not nine years old, and I do not have a tough enough stomach to – tolerate this much goopy weird cheese <laughs> but this thing is so good and i'm so excited it, it, i'm sure it's going to make me angry because it won't taste as much as uh, taste as good as i remember it but i don't know if anyone else out there remembers the cheddar melt from going to mcdonald's in 1993 or whatever but um this thing i i saw it and i was like holy shit they have the cheddar melt i can't believe this exists so i gotta i gotta go get my hands on this thing now oh, there's a I found, I clicked through the menu. If you go down to the MQ 1000, it's the after, below the Happy Meal box. It's the oh, sure. M with the 1000 under it. Don't know yeah, what the I translation it, yeah, is. It, yeah. uh, there's a couple of things I want to point out. I'll point out the burger first, and then there's something else in there. Is um, the Super Mick? The, no, I was actually thinking of the McRings bacon. The bacon McRings. Oh, yeah. This thing looks crazy, doesn't it? Yep. And they've actually got a couple of Australian things in there by the look of it with their their Sundays, but it might be different. It doesn't look like they're chocolate bars, but they've got a um, Freddo chocolate. Oh, this is like a Sunday with an apple pie shoved in it. Yeah, which is different to what I was actually thinking. But what I want to pull your attention to is the McRings cheddar bacon at least that's how it's spelled out in portuguese and it's a platter of onion rings with the oozy sauce um Mm. and the rest i can't tell you because i don't have google translate on i think it's got some bacon bits i I get i have it on it's a bacon crispy bacon cheddar melt flavor and um crispy fried Onions, although it tra- the exact translation went to crispy and delicious empanada onion, now with melt cheddar flavor and crispy bacon. Can't resist. Try it. Um, um, just faulty translating capability. Yeah. 
And they've got another version that of this. Um, McFritter's cheddar and bacon, which is like a um, bacon and cheese fries by the look of it in the fries section yeah, in the country. They look delicious. I love it. Yep. Um, they have a lot of desserts. They have like a lot of different sundaes. They have banana pie. You know, apple pie, they have banana pie. They have an Ovaltine flavored McFlurry. Delicious. Um, Yep, they have uh, these truffle-covered McFlurries. Uh, they have an Ovaltine milkshake. Uh, they have waffle cones with, like, um, what are those cookies called? Like a, Is it a pirouette cookie? The little, like... I don't know. Rolled up little cookie straw thing. Like a twill. Um, yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, so I, I I don't know, Tony. What do we think in the order is here? I think I'm go. I have to go cheddar melt. I these onion rings covered in all the sauce looks good. It's really going to make me feel bad, but it looks yep. really good. Oh, it's definitely going to make you feel bad, but I, I think it's the correct move to to do that. I think you've got to stick with as many unique items as you can because you know it's going to taste like McDonald's at the end of the day. It is. It is just McDonald's. Something unique. Um, and I think I got to get the, um, I think I got to get one of these desserts. Maybe just, maybe I'll go straight up, just get the Ovaltine, uh, McFlurry or the Ovaltine shake. Cause that'll be something different. Yeah. And you know, um, that's and they do be have good. the, yeah. And they also have heart of palm quiche for breakfast. They have a heart of palm quiche and they have that Brazilian cheese bread stuff, the, the, which is, which is a big deal down there. So I can't wait to go to the McDonald's in Brazil. Uh, if you guys check out this menu, let us know if I um, picked out the right stuff. Or, or at least let me know if you know what the cheddar melt was or if I'd imagined it or something. It's amazing. It'd be interesting to see who has the most unique McDonald's menu around the world because McDonald's is a fairly standard issue thing. You always get a Big Mac. Um, you always get a quarter pounder. At least it feels like it might be called something else. Um it's the, called the Quarteron. I saw it. It's yep. a, it's a called the Quarteron. And um, they do have the Big Mac. They also have an old sandwich we used to have here called the, the Big and Tasty, which I think people referred to as the Big Nasty. Um, it's a Whopper. It's essentially a, it's a, burger, it's a McDonald's burger with Whopper toppings. See, I believe that in Australia was called a McFeast in Australia. Mm. Um, and kind of like the Whopper, which is something that I learned on a YouTube video the other day because I don't order Whoppers. I'm not a Whoppers guy when I go into Hungry right. Jack's. Um, Whoppers don't come with cheese. Weird. Yep. Yep. Whopper with, you have to ask for Whopper with cheese, um, which is what people like. Um, oh, Tony, I did eat a fucking good-ass smash burger this week, by the way. Just, 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 this is just two boys riffing on burgers right now. I had a smash burger from, um, we have this concept here that's called the Vegas Test Kitchen. Yes. And um, it yep. just has like test restaurant con concepts. Yep. And right now they have a smash burger place. And it was like the, um, our friend uh, Kyle makes it this way where they're, the, I think it's a Kenji recipe where they're almost, they almost feels like they're going to fall apart. Yes. These smash burgers, like they're really pressed down. Yep. And that's how this was, had the cheese, mm. they're making their own pickles they made their own like oniony special sauce. Uh, the bun was just like a good bun that got out of the way. It was so wonderful. That's exactly Fantastic what burger. you want. The bun should never be the star of a smash burger. You want those lacy right. edges, and lacy is the true point of it. It should look like lace out of a piece right. of fabric where you can see through portions of it because it's that thin. Oh, delicious! I love a good smash yeah, burger. 
I, I've been in burger mode because I in and out last week too. So I've been in, I've been in burger mode right now. <laughs> I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. All right, Tony. Well, you know what pairs great uh, with a burger? What's that? Oh, I know. Oh, I bet you know. Oh no. Griff's Lager of the week. Griff's Lager of the week. Oh, perfect. perfect. Yeah, Lager of the Week. Oh, man, Tony, I had the best pills this week. I got so excited about this pills. Um, So I went to Silver Stamp while Kelly was doing something on Saturday. Just went by myself to kill some time. And uh, uh, one of the owners comes up to me. She's like, "Do uh, do you want to try something that we haven't even put on the menu yet? And we aren't going to put on the menu because we drank all of it. And I was like, yes, that's what I want. And it was a Pilsner from a brewery called Frau Gruber. Um, uh, not Hans Gruber, Frau Gruber. And it is uh, just a straight up pills. And it was the best pills I think I've had this year. Um, wow. I would say. And, and I've had a lot of good pills. I've had Live Oak. I've had Freem. You know, we've had a lot of good pills this year. This one just takes the cake. Um so this brewery is a um, is going to be at Mickler this year, and they were there last year. Uh, German brewery that makes they make all the hype beer too. They make your pastry stout and your IPA, but they do make some just straight up lagers. They're growing their own grain on their property or Hi, some cool. property somewhere, which is awesome. And uh, this one, Tony, it just says the hops: Haller Tower, Middle Fru, Haller Tower Select, Tetninger, Tetnanger. And yeah. opal. Um, so you got all those hops in there. It was nice and snappy. Um, delicious uh, bready German pills with a little hop bite. I adored it. And it had the most stunning color. Uh, take a look. Uh, it's called Frau Gruber. Uh, all one word. I uh, can't, can't wait to hunt them down at Mickler this year. That shit was delicious. Sounds excellent. How about you, Tony? Any lager this week? No lager for me this week, but I do have one of these. Jeez. What you got, Tony? I've got a good old-fashioned, sorry for your luck, honourable mention. Oh, man. And that is, uh, it's a beer by Kaiju. Um, Kaiju, to me, is a brewery that I know for their New England style of hazies, um, sort of lower alcohol, everyday drinking, um, sort of cloudy rather than hazy. These are not big oat creams, um, super, super crushable. Um, but they had a beer that really took my fancy. It was just called The Dank. Had some sweet mm. in that. And it was an old school Dank West Coast 7% IPA. Oh, Big what fan can you say? It. Yeah, perfect. Um, and I love these guys' can art. I've, you'd mentioned these guys to me before, and their, their can art is outstanding. Yep. I love it. Now, my beer of the week, though, doesn't have great can out, but boy, it was killer. And again, it was not the usual cloudy, hazy style. A little brewery called Mountain Culture. Don't know whether I've mentioned them before. 
have a beer called Doom Scrolling that was just bonkers. It was delicious. It wasn't their normal, like, super cloudy, thickish boy that just brought the hops all forward. This was an American-style, new-style West Coast thing. It wasn't perfectly clear. Just delicious. Um, Really, really crushable, too. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Love love some of them West Coast IPAs lately, right? The, the Neo West yep. Coast. Uh, just had another couple yesterday, uh, hanging out with a couple pals, and they had a new one from Burgeon that was just killing it. You know, those guys know what they're doing. And then um, actually Mason, Mason Aleworks, who had not made anything I've liked in years, <laughs> uh, made a new West Coast, and it is, it is actually really nice. Um, Tony, boy, what am I going to pick for my beer of the week? I did have some nice beers this week. I think I need to go with this Jester King I opened yesterday. It was called Aurelian Lure. Uh, I think this is one of the beers that was available to Nick Torque at Carwin Cellars. Yep. Um, uh, so the one I had was Aurelian Lure Blend 6, 6.1%. Uh, barrel-aged sour ale re-fermented on over 1,200 pounds of hand-pitted Patterson apricots from Blossom Hill in California. So three pounds of apricots per gallon. So a lot of apricot on this beer. Uh, tart, pleasantly tart, not bracingly tart, and a ton of stone fruit taste and the smell of stone fruit, which I love. If, you, if we could get a candle that smells like apricots, that'd be killer. I'm sure <laughs> there is one, but I want it. Uh, this thing was fantastic. Tony, you want to give a ratings guess on this? 788 ratings. Ooh. On Aurelian Lur. Blend six. Four point four point three nine. Close enough. Four point three one. Yes. Uh pretty good. Pretty good. So Nick, if you still have this available to you, I recommend it. Uh, Aurelian Lur from Jester King. That was my big winner. One, one on all of an honorable mention too. While I'm at it, doing it out of order. But lately, a <laughs> batch of Prairie. We had, we just had a batch of Prairie um, stouts hit uh, Vegas. Barrel aged stout from Prairie. Yep. A lot of them have have kind of adjuncts in it. There's one with pistachios. There's one with a lot of peanuts. They have a coconut marshmallow one. But they're all delicious, and they're like eleven dollars or something. Like a very low price for barrel-aged stout um, or like a 16-ounce barrel-aged stout or whatever. Um, and I'm loving it. I think that's a great uh, – I got McDonald's on the brain. I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's just a great um, – it's a great option for something that's just sitting on the shelf for barrel-aged beer. I mean, it's just sitting around. Any, anywhere can get it. Anywhere has it, it seems like. Um, get get one of those. The Mo, I think it was Mo Peanuts More Problems – was a uh, was a good one, and I think there was a coconut one. I just can't put the name together, but it had some funny candy name or something. But <laughs> they're not too sweet. They're sweet, but they're not painfully sweet. You can share it with two or three other people. You'll be fine. Um, really good. Keep your eyes open for those prairie stouts. They're good. All right, Tony. Uh, why don't we? Uh, oh, I did want to say uh, we we will bring Discord back next week. It's just it hasn't been long enough. Um, since we uh, last did a Discord segment. So I want to save it, build it up a little bit because we are recording this early. Of course, yep. I do love telling everybody when we record stuff. It really is not relevant to you guys. Well, uh, you're just listening to it. Is. It's a Thursday, so. Okay. Well. All right, fine. Like, because 
it, it makes sense that we haven't had enough going on in the Discord because it's only been sort of mm-hmm. four days since we recorded. Um, it's true. And it might pop off knowing our Discord, it probably will. Um, so that's yeah, the reason why we haven't covered um, the banging topics of the week. So I think that was fair enough to let yeah. people know that I don't need to know the exact day, but all you need to know is and we our, are recording our, early. Our Discord is uh Conspicu- has, is conspicuously absent of people who, who look like sex creeps. So I think we've got <laughs> that going for us. We're, we're doing a nice job there. So keep that up, gang. We we uh, we love we love that. Um, the only the creepiest people on it are picture when we put pictures up of ourselves. So this is very um, true. We've we've we we'll call that a success. Uh, Tony, uh, why don't we jump into uh, everyone's favorite segment? Uh, it's uh, the brew dog segment. Oh, sorry. It's called hyper beer nerd dork shit news. We might as well call it the brew dog fucking segment, Tony, because guess who's in the goddamn news again, but brew dog, these guys are addicted to being in the news. You ever hear that joke um, on Twitter? That's like uh, every day there's a main character on Twitter and your job is to not be it. You know, some, something along those those lines. I should find the exact wording of it. Every day there's a main character Twitter. What is that line? While you googling that, yeah, there you I... go. I found it. Each day there is a main character. Each day on Twitter there is one main character. The goal is to never be it. There you go. I was close. There you go. Elon Musk has been it for the past five, six months. However right. long yeah, he's, he's permanently the main character. He wants to be the main character. He's he missed he missed the memo on what the game is. But uh, Brewdog is the main character of the beer world all the time. It seems like you know. Listen, sometimes it's good publicity or good to be on the news or you want to be doing good in the world because you're a company that does good things out there or you're a person who's doing something beneficial or your mother Teresa or something. Well, maybe don't use her, but, or you're some other, you know, uh, altruistic person. But unfortunately these guys never seem to get in the news for doing something awesome. Um, it seems to be for something that is, uh, maybe runs contrary to, uh, their publicized values. Now, in this one, I'm not sure if I have a feeling on whether this is good or bad or, or just annoying. But BrewDog is going to expand in China after a deal with Budweiser. So BrewDog has said it plans to brew in China as part of a deal with Budweiser China to expand sales in the world's biggest market for beer. So Budweiser China is going to start brewing Punk IPA, Hazy Jane, and Elvis Juice by the end of March at its craft brewery near the southeast coast of china lord help me i'm not trying to pronounce what the name of the city is um because nick torkel nick torkel's gonna be on my ass (laughs) can't pronounce shit um so they uh they're going they're partnering up with the gang over at budweiser why is this relevant why is this news why do i find this why do we find this irritating well it's because they've got that hypocritical thing about them that says we are the punks we are the we hate uh, big beer. We don't want to deal with big beer, but then they're partnering up with with Budweiser to brew beer in China. I mean, is it bad for them to do that? I don't know. You know, not on its surface. Um, it's just annoying. It's the stone, fizzy, yellow beer thing. It's all that other shit that happens around the craft world where it acts very um, uh, counterculture, but really eventually it has to realize how to fit into the culture. You know, it's it's bizarre. 
and mostly just irritating. Tony, I can't hear you. You've gone silent. I apologise. I had myself muted because <laughs> uh, I was doing some research. But this article to me reads as like a it, it used the uh, China ex- as an excuse to um, sort of reintroduce a lot of the issues that Brewdog have had over the past three years, I suppose. Um, yep. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but... Taking this on face value just as expanding into Chinese, you can say, hey, good on them for expanding. But when you look at the litany of problems that they've had with their workplace culture, with the markets that they've tried to go into, how they've tried to go into some of those markets, how they've treated people, um, it it really paints a picture of a shitty um, program and this doesn't do anything to help that, that appearance. So I think the news alone is not at issue, but it's the sheer volume. It's an innocuous independent thing. It's just more stuff, right? So you can you can see that they even in the article they say that they're having they're running into challenging financial environment in the UK. They're seeking expansion as maybe their only arm of growth right now. I would guess. I don't think they they can't really grow organically. They probably feel like anymore. Um, or they're shrinking organically in the in the in their domestic markets. Um, so you know they're finding other ways to try to get more beer out there. Now this, now this has been a problem for a lot of breweries. Tony Stone Berlin comes to mind. You yeah. know, um, this is not an easy road to hoe. So it's it's going to be interesting. They're opening nine bars in China, which adds to the one they have already in Shanghai. That'll uh, make give them ten Chinese uh, brew dog bars. Um, so it's uh, – is it interesting? I don't even know if it is. I mean, it's interesting because of, like, what we said. BrewDog just seems to be in the news for doing something, um, and it's – they rarely do something that's 100% <laughs> approved. Yeah. You know, they're, not, they're not a company that gets a big thumbs up too often. They, they seem to screw it up a little bit. So, you know, on, on, its, on its own, this is maybe one of the more innocuous stories from BrewDog. It doesn't see – it's not like – it's not dangerous for them to do it or bad for them to do it. It's just that the other things going on around them and the way that they generally, um, or the, the mindset they generally portray seems to not align with the idea of asking Budweiser to brew my beers for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and do I care? No, I think it's fine. I'm sure Budweiser will brew some of the best tasting punk IPA and it'll be on target and on point and perfectly made. Um, to their standards every single time would be my guess. I mean, that's what those guys do all day, every day, is make a beer that hits the target. Um, sure, it'll be fine. Uh, I, you know, do we like those beers? I, don't, I mean, they're fine. And uh, it'll be something that happens. So I guess we'll see if they survive long enough to... Some of this stuff reeks of desperation, too. That's the other part of this. So I'm kind of curious as to what that what that ends up as. Yep. It will be interesting to see how it plays out in the long term, but it seems to always work out for, for Brewdog, let's be honest. Yeah, it seems like, seems like the worst guys seem to be um, succeeding continually. It's, it's amazing. Um, and Tony, the link I posted uh, did send me to a paywall, so we are going to do uh, one of those. Uh, this, this, show is a, this show is a plum disaster, Tony. I can't find anything or do anything right. Um, 140 episodes, and we still have not. I still have not quite nailed down when there's going to be a paywall or not. 
But don't worry. Uh, I figured out, and I'll put up another link for you right here. Big guy. There you go. Um, Drake's Brewing has acquired Bear Republic. Now, Tony, are you familiar with Bear Republic Brewery? For some reason, I am, but I don't know why. So the most famous one to me is Racer 5. Yes, that's why. Um, a great, great, great West Coast IPA. Um, Bear Republic was in Chicago for a while in the early days of my uh, entry into this universe um, or ecosystem, I guess. Uh, and I loved Racer 5. It was always on draft at Poor Phil's in Oak Park. That was awesome. Um, so Drake's I'm a little less familiar with, funny enough. Uh, now, they seem to be more so in the Sacramento area. Um, oh, no, they're in San Leandro. Uh, but they're both these are both sort of Bay Area breweries. I have not had as much Drake's. Um, they, they do a lot more barrel-age stuff, I believe. Uh, technically, it says that Drake's bought Racer 5, now, Racer 5 does produce more beer than Drake's. Uh, did about 55,000 barrels last year. They just seem to be stuck in sort of the mid-range brewery death knell. Yep. Um, it's very hard to not be enormous or be, or small. I think they're stuck in that pattern. But it's interesting. I'm glad, you know, I, 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 I tend to be um, not excited, but I'm, I'm sort of satisfied by these... Um, uh, craft on craft acquisitions because it seems like there's a good opportunity for it to continue existing in the way yes. that it does now versus it being like a corporate mega takeover or anything. But, you know, this is all about money and, and still, it's still a business deal in the end. So we'll see if racer five and, and bear Republic keep the character that, that they want to have. But this generally seems like a good thing. It does. When you get um, behemoth coming in, you sometimes lose um, your captain. And if it's craft on craft, they generally do a good job of steering the ship and, and keeping um, people motivated and the, and the beers on point. And really, at the end of the day, beers on point is all I really care about. I agree. Yeah, Racer 5, I, I haven't had it in years, but I... Uh, it, you know, maybe I can, if I could dig one up somewhere, I would love to. They don't distribute in Nevada right now, but ah, Drake's does distribute in Nevada. So maybe Fingers we'll start crossed. seeing some, uh, some, some Bay Republic cross, crossover into now, our state again. Question without notice. Um, how much of these acquisitions have to do with access to marketplace and things like that with, with the arcane and complex, um, alcohol distribution laws in America with the different states and stuff like that? You know, I thought about this. Um, I, I would think there's some degree that that's relevant. I know for um, when Mount was it Maui bought Modern Times, right? So that was a big deal for them was they were saying, okay, I, I can brew some of my shit here in the mainland also rather than fucking shipping it from... Uh, Hawaii, right? Yes. So for them, that made sense. They did. I mean, and Modern Times does have a good network, um, probably greater network than than Maui does to some degree. Same thing here. The other one I always think of is the. Um, this isn't quite the same, but the Duval, Duval doing like a regional purchasing strategy yep. where they bought Oma Gang, Boulevard, and Firestone Walker. Uh, that one, that one sticks out to me is like really gathering up a existing distribution network 
in a producing production network um, that would, you know, help them manage costs uh, across, you know, a, a large swath of the country. So that, that one's a little different. Uh, this one, I would think similar type of idea, right? They will each take advantage of each other's distribution yep. areas uh, where they, where they fit together more puzzle like, and they can, um, and they'll probably consolidate distributors. And then they also can get better deals with distributors, presumably because they're going to sell them more beer, right? Because it's one company making more beer. Yep. Uh, so maybe, you know, that, that, that makes sense to me that you would do it that way. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, so anyways, hopefully I get some friggin' uh, Racer 5 here. That'd be awesome. I like that beer. Uh, Tony, uh, while, while we were chatting about that, I did accidentally click back over to the XFL uh, <laughs> recap. Yes. And Tony, this is. I just started reading one of the paragraphs, and I cannot believe the way this is written. Um, it's written like the guy was watching the game and just typing stream of consciousness of what is happening. Vegas, in total control, has the ball again. But wait, suddenly, there's BYU's Tomasi Lalil stepping in front of a Perez checkdown. Uh, a 21-yard interception return for a touchdown from a defensive end. And just like that, the Renegades have life. Uh, and then you go down a little further, and it says, uh, unable to convert on third down, Taylor Russolino sneaks a 32-yard field goal inside the right upright. It's 14-12 to 12 now, and we've got a ball game. So he's doing... Sounds. He's got emojis in here. Um, he's saying phrases like buckle up, buttercup. He's saying like Spalding, Smalls, and Caddyshack. The Renegades will get nothing and like it. Um, this is this guy's a real cut up. So uh, now, if you if you want to wear, wear out your eyes, you should read the, the XFL recap. I'm it not goes a, on forever. I'm not a big believer in past lives, but do you think this guy had a previous life as a 19 10s baseball writer or 1920s baseball writer <laughs> where the scores were written out and yeah. um, talking about Babe, Babe Ruth and recapping his game for the newspapers and just right, that yeah, vibe using a bunch of using a bunch of ornate language to to describe uh, Babe Ruth uh, rounding first base or something after a, yeah exactly it does have a little bit of that only it's more I don't know. I, I would feel like this is something where they're like, you know who will like this is um, millennials or something like that. It's some misguided generation attempt to appeal to a generation or something. Yep. Um, here's this one. Running back, running back Karen Kalen, sorry, running back Kalen Ballage had 10 first half carries managing just 24 yards. One man's opinion, he should not be wearing the number 11. It's the most slimming number possible. Good for guys like Bull Bull in, in basketball or ectomorphic pitchers in baseball like Jacob deGrom. But we're in, you're built like an old oil drum. Slap a zero or an eight on that jersey. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't Was know he bored? With that. I think he's bored. I just think he's bored. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, if you want to come on the show, guy who writes the 6,000-word thing, um, I, I love it. Uh Bedlam in the stands with the beer snakes long since confiscated by security. The defenders have won it at the final gun by dot, 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 defending. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I love it. This is good stuff. Uh, thank you to this guy. Hot pass. One more, one more, one more news story. Um, Genesee Brewing. Genesee Brewing in Rochester, New York area, I believe. Of course. Uh, old-time brewery. 
famous uh, for their cream ale. Genesee cream, yeah. Uh, they have leaned on crowdsourcing for their next specialty beer. So fans can vote Genesee for 23 online polls and voting booths now open. So here's an election we can all get behind. Vote Genesee for 23. For the first time, fans will choose the new Genesee special, specialty beer by voting. Jenny Flockers can flock. Sorry, Jenny, Jenny lovers. Jenny Flockers can flock. Jenny fuckers can flock to the polls now. Um, and you can vote on, on a crowdfunded beer. Um, is it a good idea to do a crowdfunded beer? Probably yes. not, but here's your options. Oh, okay. Uh, pear cinnamon, a light Pops. and refreshing ale with hints of warm cinnamon. <laughs> Sweet pear promises delight no matter the fickle weather of winter. I agree with that. That does not sound good. Yeah, winter citrus, an ale that will deliver bright flavors of blood orange, lime, lemon, and tangerine to the forefront of a smooth ale base, offering a refreshing change to a cooler season. Boring. Uh, winter berry. This beer pledges to bring together a bevy of berries in an ale like no other. Light, refreshing notes of raspberry, blueberry, strawberry, and elderberry complement pale malts and subtle hop notes. Hard pass. Hard, Hard pass. pass on apple. Uh, the subtle Double yet instantly recognizable flavor of apple in ale is ready to be picked. This beer aims to deliver a balanced drinking experience that will have you coming back for more all season long. That one's just gross. But Tony, let's vote. Uh, I am old enough to vote, so we can we can pick whether we want to go with uh, <laughs> uh, pear, pear, cinnamon, winter berry, winter citrus, or apple. Has um, to be apple, right? Because we all know apple is an off flavor in beer that you don't want. So you've got to pick apple, right? That's a terrible idea. Now, I have had some apple beers, but they have been really lacking on the apple and more leaning on the apple pie, the crumble, the cinnamon portion of it. That works, but apple in a beer, terrible. Um, Mm -mm. Wild berry, um, no, unless it's a sour. Winter berry. Winter berry, pass. Um, The only one that's actually acceptable is just boring, and that's winter citrus. It makes sense. Yeah, it sounds bland to me, but... um, I agree. Maybe. All but, right, winter citrus, you're going in. Yep. Pear cinnamon, there's no way. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not in with you. Pear cinnamon. I like a pear. I like cinnamon. Those are fine. I'll eat. Yep. A, I'll eat a pear crumble or something. You know, I'll eat the. Um, you know, like a grilled. You know, if they do like a grilled pear, or like a brulee pear. You put a scoop of ice cream on there. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then when you vote, it just kind of, oh, it did. Thanks for selecting your flavor. You're welcome. Uh, so there we go. Winter citrus is our choice. But Tony, this crowdfunding thing really got me thinking because I remember uh, back in back in the olden days, uh, meaning a few years ago, we used to have a official bottle share at our old bottle shop, a lovely place called Iron and Glass in Romeoville, Illinois. Check them out if you're ever in the area. And there was a guy who would always bring bottles from this brewery called Mobcraft which I think was in either Madison or Milwaukee or somewhere between them. And every time they were just absolutely miserable. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on with this mob craft brewery? Um, I usually don't talk, just talk shit, but I just did not care for these beers. I'm sure they're doing great and everybody has a lot of money. Good for them. But this stuff was just not for me. Um, but it turned out they crowdfunded a lot of their recipes. They, they are not crowdfunded, crowdsourced. 
Um, They might have been crowdfunded for all I know, but they crowdsourced their recipes. And they would – so they would get people to vote, but they were voting on, like, individual flavors and, like, a style, and it was all sort of, like, jumbled up. So you'd have this sort of mishmash of concepts. Tony, I went – Went back through their archives of all their crowdfunded beers, and I picked a few, uh, three of them in particular, for us to, uh, for you to guess the rating of in this week's version of Untrapped. Sounds great, um, Tony. Uh, I think even some of these some of these beers to me might be even more off pitch than your singing voice. These ones really that is hot. These ones really these ones really strike me as being crazy. Now, do I know if these are bad or not? Or did I just have an opinion uh, or like a preconceived notion? Maybe some of these are going to be fine. Maybe they're just not for me. I don't know. But the first one I got for you, Tony, is called Breakfast Blueberry. Waffle Hefeweizen. Okay, I was fine until you mentioned the word Hefeweizen. I've had a blueberry yep. waffle beer before, and it was it was delicious. Sure. I've had blueberry stouts. I've you know fine. Mm. I need a sip of beer just to like think about the taste of this beer. Um, so this is six point eight percent, Tony. It has twenty IBUs, uh, and it currently has six hundred and eighty nine ratings. Unfiltered wheat beer brewed with blueberries and toasted malts for a brew that fills your mouth with rich Hefeweizen flavors, blueberry fruitiness, and malt for some biscuity goodness. Uh, yeah, 6.8%. That maybe feels awkward to me for a half. Yeah, uh, really that's maybe high. closer to the maybe to the Weizenbach or a uh, um, range. Wheat wine almost category. Sh- sure. Um, uh, there are yeah 689 ratings. Let me give you a couple of reviews here. Well, here's right rice cake. Rice cake had it the other day. He gave it a 2.5. Well, the other day he had it four years ago. Um, <laughs> we have Kyle Barber. It's a hefeweizen. No waffles. No blueberries. Nothing. All I get is Weiss. Uh, missed the mark completely. Oh, sorry, completely. Missed the mark completely. Thank you, Kyle. And then Josiah Franklin. He says Breck. Best breakfast ever, um, and didn't rate it. <laughs> uh, you got a couple three and a halfs. Travis Goodwin liked it. He gave it a five. I'm just trying to see if there's any other funny ratings. Uh, no. This is a perfect example of a beer that is totally enjoyable, but one whose name and description set up unmet expectations from Mason Little. So, Tony, what's your what's your idea here? What's the rating on breakfast blueberry waffle hefeweizen? Hefts don't get a good rating in the first place, and a lot of them are poorly made. Um, now, I'm going to give this a 3.42. I think this is atrocious. Tony, your instincts on it being atrocious are right, but you didn't quite hit the mark on how atrocious. I didn't go low this enough? This one has a 3.23 for breakfast blueberry waffle hefeweizen sounds like a absolutely fucking nightmare of a beer um many of the reviews i mean some of these 
are just bad pictures, I think. The color is not, if you get it right, the color on it is actually not bad. You know, blueberry helps give it sort of a nice ruby uh, appearance, a purplish appearance. Um, but some of them, they look really murky, and that's not very attractive. Uh, yeah, 3.23 Mobcraft back at it. Uh, so let's let's move on. This one, this one I've had, Tony. This one you, you're gonna like. This one. It's called Clan McDougal, uh, and it's got some Gaelic after that that I wouldn't be able to say, but it means victory or death. And this one is eight and a half percent, twenty five IBUs, has one thousand and eleven ratings. Scotch ale aged in Islay. Is it Islay or Islay? I never know. I always pronounce it Islay, but I'm not sure whether I'm right. You're probably right because you've been getting closer on pronunciations of me lately. So we're going to go Islay. Scotch whiskey barrels. Flavors of scotch, rich oak barrel character, and malty ale blend for a unique spin on a barrel-aged scotch ale. So you got the scotch barrel-aged scotch ale. Um Stan says the Islay Scotch Barrel smokiness is very evident. This aged well, 3.75. Um, we've got Can very, do- very medicinal on the nose and taste. I don't think this aged well from Kelly Swallis. That's a two. Can I just say, enough yes. with the Scotch Ale and the smokiness. No, a Scotch Ale should not have any smokiness about it, no matter how you get it in, whether it's barrel no, or whether you- it's peated. Right, You're, they're putting it in scotch barrels, so it's presumably yeah, they were looking pass. to pull some of that peat flavor. Uh, Brad Canariato says solid scotch, 3.75. Uh, Henry Schwartz, fuck yeah, this is peaty as hell. Held up super well. Scotchy scotch, 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 I love. Doing a little uh, anchor man there. Yep. There you go. You know, some people say super scotchy. I love it. Some people say tire fire, essentially. So um, the, it's up to you to decide what is the uh, overall rating here from 1,011 ratings on Clan McDougal. 3.14. Mm. Too low? Tony, a valiant effort, but... Uh, unfortunately incorrect you will be spending the week with all your pornos down there in the well um looking at him yep full bush we're going full bush on this week uh 2.97 2.97 wow clan mcdougal a a, another (laughs) just like brutal rating this makes me think of the um islay uh now i had this beer tony and i just don't i'm not a scotch drinker you know, I'll, I'll sometimes Brian pours me like a quarter ounce of, of Glen Morangi or something, and I can yep. sip on it and I'll be fine. I'm not disgusted by it, but it's just not for me. Um, but the beers aged in the scotch barrels that are like two aged in the scotch barrels are it's just it's too much. It's like the sugar yep. from the from the beer, the sweetness and the scotch and scotch benefits from that just you know, it's a distillate. It's dry, right? It's by nature. It is just like pure booze. Um, it did make me think of the uh, the Goose Island one that they, they put in Bourbon County and do an Islay, or actually in, sorry, in Ardbeg barrels for 17 months, um, which I thought was absolutely miserable. But it has a higher, 
higher rating than Clan McDougal because it is a 3.33. But good lord, yeah, 2.97. That's something else, huh? Yeah, that is truly atrocious. So one more for fun. Uh, this one's called Cherry Andromeda on mouse. Um, Cherry Andromeda from Mobcraft. All right. So this one is an IPA. Tony, lucky you. Uh, it has 764 ratings, 7.3%, 55 IBUs. From the darkest depths of the universe comes this dangerously delicious IPA featuring toasted coconut, lactose, sweet dark cherries, and galaxy hops. What? This... Like, who allowed these to be put together? <laughs> this is... <laughs> they, they, see, this is the nice thing about crowdsourcing, Tony, is you can blame us. Yeah. It's our fault that we let you make this awful beer. We like, didn't do it. You guys are the idiots. Like, Genesee at least make logical choices. This reminds this beer specifically reminds me of a thing I see on TikTok all the time because I follow him on TikTok, and it's a guy called Roll for Sandwich. Starts off with a D six to roll for bread, and then he goes to a D ten for proteins, um, D D twenty for roughage. I think he rolls two D twenties for roughage. Um, Then we got a sauce roll and a wild magic. And sometimes it works in his favour and you get some classic combinations. Other time it's an abomination. This is a roll for beer and it's an abomination and it comes in. Or are you going to do some funny reviews first? Uh, you give us your rating and I can, and then, you know, if you change it after I read you some reviews, that's fine. 2.73. <laughs> do not um, like this Tony, beer. here is some... I, I don't like it either, just in never having it. Um, Cherry's missing into the old beers, says Justin Jabs, who's drinking at the Long Lake Recreation Area. Uh, we got, uh, so this beer has been sitting in my fridge for like a year because it was really bad the first go around. Now it's a really, really good IPA as the other flavors I didn't care for dropped out. Um, so there you go. Uh, Coconut and Cherry has a unique aftertaste. Thanks, Sean. Happy birthday quarantine drinking. Uh, that's from March 22nd, 2020. Hey, not long, not long around when we released our first episode, I think probably Tony. Um, I taste 0% coconut, like 1% cherry. I don't know how much lactose, but lots of hops taste good, but doesn't match the name. Uh, so Tony, here's your, do you, do you need to change it? Are you good with no. your 2.73? I'm, I'm going wrong with it. You went too low, Tony. Oh. This was actually the best rated of the batch, despite sounding the most nasty. Um, this one is a 3.46. I think maybe just being an IPA must have helped it or something. Um, 3.46 for Cherry Andromeda. Mobcraft. Uh, I don't know if Mobcraft is going to be able to make it into the brewery ratings, um, or sorry, the brewery uh, uh, tournament. Um uh, now, actually, their Play? overall rating is not that bad. It's 3.62. Okay. Um, uh, could be worse. I think it's better than Yards, which uh, Max, Max was quite angry at me for including Yards in the uh, <laughs> Philadelphia, and I knew he would be, but it was it's still funny. Um, so, yeah, Mobcraft. Uh, they made a bunch of messed up, weird-tasting uh, beers, and I didn't care for them. So, um, 
and they apparently have a location now in Denver for some reason. God bless them. They must have some money. They must. Tony, that that is, uh, I think, about it for us this week. Uh, why don't you tell people, uh, all the way from down there in that well, if you can pull your eyes away from pictures of whatever, what's in there? Um, uh, I can't name it in the 80s. Uh, Ra- Raquel Welch? Well, that's like the <laughs> 60s. That would have been... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if you can pull your, if you can pull your face away from the old porno, why don't you uh, tell people how they can find us? If you want to see porn from us, you know where to get that, and that is on Instagram. We are at Beer Engine Pod. If you want to send us True. an email to complain about the lack of bush or the way we've trimmed our bush, you can do that at beerengineshow at <coughs> gmail.com. If you really like our bush and want to send us a donation, you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast all these links are available on the website these next two links however are not on our website and you can get some saucy dms from us and that is our untapped handles the man across from me with his wild unkempt bush is griff ad um Mm -hmm. and with the oddly trimmed bush i am saint moz (laughs) on untapped Griff, how did I do? Yeah, you go soul patch, don't you? You're going soul patch with Absolutely. That thing somehow. But the right, double yeah, soul right, patch, yeah. <laughs> the one up the top and the one between the – in the taint region. <laughs> top and bottom. All right. Yep. Sort of the sort of the Charlie Chaplin of uh, of uh, bush trimming, yeah. The, uh, the It's funny, Tony, when you go to Terminal 3 in Vegas, the name of the road you drive on is Landing Strip Road, and I just always find that hilarious. Um, <laughs> I know that it has an airplane meaning, but it's just always funny to me no matter what. Yep. All right, yep. Uh, get on there, hang out with us on our Discord, post some questions, post your thoughts on the Cheddar McMelt or the XFL recap or uh, Lord knows anything else that you have thoughts on. And uh, we will be back next week for more of whatever this is. So long.